Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that will educate you, inform you, give you hope, and sometimes I have a nonprofit organization to spotlight because they're making a difference in the community as well. I want to start out with saying thank you to my studio sponsor, the Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency located here in downtown Chandler. And today's episode is sponsored by Where You Be, a laid-back coffee shop with the hot and cold beverages, and a spread espresso bar, excuse me, and fresh baked selected goods for your palate. Today, my guest is Steve Murphy. He's an Arizona native, founder of nonprofit Boys to Men Mentoring here in Greater Phoenix. He left a long corporate career in sales and operations in 2018 and runs Boys to Men full time. Boys to Men Mentoring offers early group mentoring in middle and high school schools, mostly fatherless boys ages 12 to 18. Steve lives here in Phoenix and is blessed to have four kids and seven grandkids. Please help me welcome my guest today, Steve Murphy from Boys to Men. Welcome. Hi. Thanks, Christine. Glad to be here. Yes. Wow. I don't have grandkids, but you know what? That they will come. <laughs> And you, what you do, you don't even have to have grants to keep you busy. You have a group of boys that are constantly going through your life, and I hope that they stay in touch with you. So boys to men. I did a little research, and it was found in La Mesa, California, and in 1996, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And the story behind that, I was actually going to let you give that because you're the Phoenix location. So give us a little bit more about so the men in, in the San Diego area realized that they actually had neighborhood moms coming to them saying, please help my, you know, my son's getting in trouble. Um, and so they basically started kind of a outward bound, taking boys camping, and they realized it really wasn't impactful. It wasn't long term. So over time, they converted and they started doing mentoring in schools, working with boys 12 to 18. So that's seventh grade through senior year. And what's amazing is people around started to hear about the work they were doing and they said, hey, you know, what's going on? And they just handed them the manual. So now there's 14 centers in the United States that are all independent, not 501 C3s. There's mm -hmm. a couple in Canada. They're mm -hmm. all over Europe. Mm -hmm. One just opened up in Germany. So it's, it's, it really is the, the founded on the generational tradition of the elders have to watch out for the next generation or else, you know, we as a society are in trouble. And I will say that I know you can agree with on this one is the generations are changing and the needs and the resources are different for each generation and the information that we can give to one generation may be received differently from the next generation. So you're hoping that whatever that manual is, which I should have been born with a manual so I could have figured this out, <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't I didn't happen. Get mine <laughs> That's okay. Um, it would be helpful, but because there isn't that, it, I think life is about all the different learning processes. And so one of the things I saw is the mission is empowering teen boys to follow their dreams. Now, to follow your dreams sounds like a big thing, right? We're not even sure what it is when we're a kid, but we know there's something that we want to do more than where we're at at that time, even as an adult. I feel right. that same way at my age. Um, I know there's programs. Tell me, how do you empower these teen boys? Because that's well, a tough thing for most, teenage boys. Most mentoring organizations are career or academic. The boys we work with see their grades improve. Mm -hmm. They have improvements in their behavior. They have a deeper understanding of social emotional factors. Mm -hmm. But we're not tutors. We're not counselors. We're not really focused on driving them to a place. We're not there to teach them anything. 
So the voice to men process is basically a lot of open-ended questions. Mm. We, we show up, it's a, it's a guided process. So we sit shoulder to shoulder mm -hmm. versus a teacher or a counselor where it's counselor cl client. Mm -hmm. That's a directed model. Mm -hmm. We just meet the boys where they are. Um, we ask them, who's the man you want to be? Mm -hmm. You know, where are you going in your life? Are the choices you're making consistent with that man? Mm -hmm. Without judgment, shame. So we listen, we accept, we encourage, we model healthy masculine. The thing we don't do is we're not there to fix them. We're not there to rescue them, to project our values onto them. Mm -hmm. We really come from the standpoint of you know what you need. Mm -hmm. You may not be aware of it, but it's in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we help them find the change that works for them because that's more long-term sustainable than when adults try to install their change into a kid. Well, and it's great that you say that because when you were just talking about the model of being direct, whether it's a counselor and a, and a client or a student, and you're coming to that level, it's easy even if we're at our own age where someone comes to us, I'm like, I don't understand that. Could you not bring it down a notch or two so I can understand it? And just because we're adults, I tell some kids I was standing in front of a week ago, just because we're adults doesn't mean we have all the answers. By any means, we don't. So it's nice when someone else can come to that level. And especially kids, because I don't know about you, but I thought I knew it all. And as an adult, I still don't know anything. <laughs> But you're coming to their level instead of an authoritative kind of way, so they're not going to rebel against you more or resist you more, and you're actually here to be helpful. Not always their friend, I'm going to assume, but a guidance. The big thing is we work real hard not to judge them. Uh -huh. So if, uh, you know, the, we show up to meet them where they are, mm -hmm. and we accept them, you know, we tell them the, the first day they come into the group, we're not here to teach anything, we're not here to, to shame you, mm -hmm. you know, we're gonna challenge your choices, your attitudes, and your stories, mm -hmm. but who you are is okay. Right. You're good, right. you're right. good, you're not broken. These kids mm -hmm. come out of high trauma environments. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with all boys, but the big statistic is that 75% of our boys are fatherless. Mm -hmm. And that creates a lot of headwinds for kids. They are um, much higher um, suicide, uh, addiction mm -hmm. and incarceration. Mm -hmm. So the, the boys growing up without dads. And unfortunately, Arizona is 38% of the kids growing up in Arizona are growing up in single family homes mm -hmm. where the national average is 32%. Wow. So the need is huge. We yeah. I did the math where there's about 300,000 boys mm -hmm. 12 to 18 in Maricopa County that are growing up in single family homes. So that, that's a big, big need. That's heavy, because when you think about we hear single moms are out there all the time. I'm hearing a few single dads out there, but it's mostly the single moms, and that's a pressure because they've already sacrificed so much about themselves to make sure that their kids are provided for the best that they, they can. I stood in front of a, a student body last week of students on gratitude, and I ended up crying because they made me cry, and you just touched upon a couple of topics where they said <laughs> their father's incarcerated, that they're grateful that they have school to come to, that they have their friends that they can fall back on, or that they don't have a father figure that someone else took that leadership role. So I was like, oh my gosh, when you were saying, I was like, there's that statistic that I actually heard in just a small increment of my life for a couple of hours. Um, so with that being said also, I did a little research on here. There are different um, parts of uh, boys to men. So we've covered the history part of it, um, you have programs. What are the programs? And are they related to the family or just the, the boys? Yes and yes. The, the programs have evolved. So okay. it's, it, 
it started out as a rite of passage weekend that the guys in San Diego started. Okay. And then it shifted. Now we go to where the boys are. So we have partnerships with school districts. We start in seventh grade, so we catch them at 12. We catch them when they're just starting to wake up. They're just starting to kind of understand cause and effect. Mm -hmm. That's the beginning of separation from mom. Mm -hmm. And so, and then we follow them into high school. So the, the, the partnership with the schools is we're, we, they help be sure that the boys, they pick the boys mm -hmm. and then they make sure they show up every week. It's a voluntary program. So we ask the boys come six times because the boys, their first week, they go, it's weird. A bunch of men are going to sit around and talk about life and our feelings. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And it's not camping. Right. <laughs> right. So come six times. If it's not for you, then bless and release. Come back next semester. Come sure. back next year. And 90% of them will stick around if it, once they get to that sixth time because it's like, hey, this is different. I've never, I've never sat, I've never said things trying to get a reaction out of an adult and the adults don't react. Which, you know, I also just realized, too, is not just them coming into an environment that doesn't make them probably feel comfortable because I already know this. I have a, um, a boy that I raised differently, but I didn't have a father figure for, for a long period of time. Then I had my stepdad, which was a different type of relationship. And I didn't know how I was going to raise my boy, but I was not going to have him be raised with not having the, because his dad was in and out of his life. I didn't know how to raise a boy that wasn't going to be pardon my expression, a sissy because all, I'm only girl and that's all I know. Um, with boys, they can bond easily. They don't have to sit around a campfire. So there's that uncomfortable thing to talk about emotions because boys don't really, men don't really do that. I don't know if that society has taught them that, if that's the way that's the chemical makeup. I'll get back to you on that research when I'm done with that. But um, <laughs> fast forward on that, it's one of those, now you've got a bunch of boys that can actually get and talk about the truths of who they are, not just with you being there or whomever the mentor is, but as individuals, they become accountable for themselves in their peer groups, and they can start exchanging information or stories and build a friendship or a bond. Is that so good, we too? So we start, right, we start where the boys are there, you know, the men are there guiding the conversation, but we tell them, this is your circle, ah. and it develops into a peer-based support. We get them for one hour class period a week, just like going to the gym, it builds week over week. Mm -hmm. So we see the behavior shifts, we see them getting more vulnerable, getting more real, um, supporting each other. Mm -hmm. So we only get them for an hour, they get each other for the rest of the school day. For And most of these guys have been going to school for years, mm -hmm. they've been together. Mm -hmm. So when they start coaching and mentoring each other, that's when we know that the group is really bonded. Okay. When a kid says, hey, I'm gonna, go get in a fight, you know, this kid's pissed me off, I'm gonna go get in a fight after school, and one, and two of his buddies go, dude, that's, that's that. you're not gonna get what you want, why would you do that? Nice. You know, then it's them taking care of each other. Sure. And that's the where, where the program develops. So mm -hmm. we start out with in-school mentoring. Mm -hmm. um, we still do the rite of passage weekend, but now it's more of a, a strategic partner where we, we actually take the boys out of the schools and we'll take them up to, the, to a weekend uh, because the boys only get an hour. They're not going to get too heavy into their life in, in 60 minutes. Mm. So they go to the weekend where there's a lot of other boys. They get the chance to connect, and they really get a, a deeper dig into their life. They come off that weekend with the intention of what's one thing that's going to make a change in your life, yes. that if you do that, and then we kind of take that with us back to the school circle mm -hmm. where they get support. Not shaming or accountability, but just support. Hey, you said you're going to stop smoking pot. Mm. How are you doing? There goes that accountability. Right. How are you doing? Just checking in. Sure. You know, and it gives them the chance to go, oh, you're not going to yell at me. It's like, you know, so it really is a place where they get safe. The boys, there's, there's two reasons that are very consistent as to why they come every week. Okay. 
first off, the big thing is, the, again, the peer thing. I'm not alone. Wow, you guys are going through the same stuff I'm going through. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have a dad at home or you fight with your stepdad or whatever it is. And then the second one is, I don't have this anywhere in my life where I can get real without being judged or shamed or made fun of. Nice. And so when they're 12 and 13, you know, that's, that's a, a new experience for them. So right at Passage Weekend, in-school mentoring, and then we also, during COVID, it was just, we kind of stumbled into it. We, don't, we always knew that we had to integrate the families. You know, I've had people that, that do drug counseling, and they say you can't really touch, connect with the kid unless you know what's going on at home. Oh, good luck so with that. <laughs> during COVID, we had so many moms coming through our website, please help me. My my twelve my ten year old wonderful son is now fourteen and talking back and throwing things at me, ah. and so we had moms coming through our website and so we started a single moms and sons together we call it the family group. Nice. So moms and boys coming together and the moms show up with the standpoint of oh I'm here to support my son, and then it's the same peer based situation. Christine they look around at the other moms going you're going through the same thing I'm going through. <laughs> me too. So the moms get peer support. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the boys get the chance to, to have real conversations with their moms. Nice. And the moms get the chance to get vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times the moms will cry in front of their sons and, and the boys understand, mm -hmm. you know, mom's doing the best she can. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it really does, it allows them to f f form a better, healthier bond mm -hmm. just based on having a safe place to talk and, right. and being in that peer-based environment. Agreed. Agreed. And then the, the, the fourth program piece is adventure groups where we, we take boys, men and boys, just going to the park, going kayaking, going hiking, just to have fun. Oh, good. So it really is, that's a little more of an informal where boys can bring their, their, their brothers, they can bring other kids from the neighborhood, you know, men can show up and, and mentor, you know, just to kind of get a feel for what it is. So it really is a, is a no kind pressure. of a multi-piece part of mm -hmm. between the, from school-based mentoring as our core all the way through to the other programs. I like that. Now, you talked about um, where you find the boys. Where do they come from besides the website? So it, um, because of our partnerships with the schools, the schools know the boys that are struggling. And so we basically just, we don't, we don't give them any expectation, just who are the boys that you think that could, with a little bit of help can really turn things around. So they will give us boys, it's usually three men, three to four mentors up to 12 boys in seventh grade, then we do an eighth grade group, then we follow them into high school. So it, it it's a good partnership with the schools because they know who those kids are. They know their home life. They know what's going on. And so that's where the, the, the partnership with us and the schools is very good. You know, you talked about home life and we already talked about the 2020 era that will be forever embedded in everybody's lives, no matter how many years have passed. Because we know what it did to a lot of people. It changed a lot of things, negative and positive. And there's some challenges that took place in these homes, whether they were single parents or just families or just an individual trying to make it through everything. Um, the challenges, I'm going to say, for these single moms, where do they come into play? Well, during COVID, it was hard because in a lot of families, the school was the, was the safe place. Mm -hmm. Home, you know, there's, there's who knows what's going on at home. Right. So many families, there's two families or gra grandparents or there's multiple people in the house. Mm -hmm. So the, we usually connect with the, the boys first. We use the school-based stuff, then the adventure groups, and then we kind of start to figure out who the moms are and what their support are. We understand the boys that need the help, and we kind of target and go after their moms, invite them into the, to the family circle where they, you know, I've, I've had people go, oh, you got to give the moms 
uh, parenting tools, and that's not really our core. We bring the moms in mm -hmm. to make them happier and to give them support so then the, they can calm down and the boys can find what they're looking for. So it, it really is an integration working with both, but our main focus is the boys. Okay, and you're working with a large group of kids. So are you in high schools? Are you in middle schools? What is it? We start in seventh grade, um, and it's, it's a challenge with Kyrene School District and Tempe Union because they're not integrated. It's not a, a unified school district. Sure. So we, but we basically start in the middle schools and then whatever high school that that middle school feeds, mm -hmm. then we follow them through to high school. And okay. it's, so the core is seventh to sophomore, junior year. Usually, you know, the, the, the stresses, that's when the stresses and the, the, ad, the adolescence mm -hmm. is most difficult. Uh -huh. Sophomore year, junior year, they're getting a little calmer. They're growing okay. up, they're a little more mature. They know where they're going. Mm -hmm. They're more interested in, in jobs and, and moving on. So it's, we'll, we'll stick with them through 18, but usually the majority of the work we do is from seventh grade through sophomore, maybe junior year. So now, do they meet at the school and how large can a group be? We've got uh, one of our middle schools because they only give us one class period. We have a combined seventh and eighth grade both. So we have seven mentors and 22 boys oh. for one hour. We break into small groups. Mm -hmm. The group is getting so big, we're going to probably start having to break into two different classrooms. But, okay. but that's the advantage of group mentoring. Okay. The boys, they have their peer support and the men have their peer support. And so the men kind of play off each other. It's also a checks and balance. If, if a man, you know, if, if a kid's talking about drug addiction, and you may have a man that who's, whose son had a drug addiction problem. Mm. Now the, the man's kind of getting hooked and he's into his emotions, which is good to be vulnerable. Right. But, you know, so the, the other men around can kind of can pick up the slack and, and, and support the boys. Now, you mentioned how many mentors versus how many boys in the group. And then you said that you break out into like groups. Are you giving them questions? Are you guiding them to be able to maybe them talk amongst each other as to what they're feeling? So it's kind of like a miniature, a small group of counseling one another. I wouldn't say counseling. Let's say getting in, gathering information to be able to support one another, what to deal with the home situations, for instance. And sometimes kids actually like to go to school to escape from home. Well, when it's amazing when a kid gets vulnerable and gets real. Okay. And especially if he's, you know, kind of one of the alphas in the school and, and mm. he starts getting real and the other boys are like, wow. Yeah. He's, you know, I've never heard, a, a, you know, this kid get real before. Okay. And the men do the same thing. Yeah. We show up as vulnerable and giving them the permission. We talk about our lives. We talk about you know men that were abandoned by their dads, men that were beaten, men that had alcoholism and incarceration in their home, mm -hmm. and the boys they never get they never hear men talk like that, with the uh, with being that vulnerable and that real. So it really does give them the permission to get real, and that's then they it just feeds on each other. So we break into small groups. It's a little less intimidating for the boys to get real. We had we had a kid today. Um, He's been in the group about six weeks, and everything's good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Today, he broke down, and he started talking about his brothers, and he started talking about the dynamic and what he doesn't like about, about oh. what goes on at home. Okay. And so once the group was over, I went to the mentors. I went, wow, you should have heard this kid. He's, he finally cracked open. He finally started getting real. You felt there was real. that part that you're like, it does, it does work, and then and they, well, trust they, they trust you. Well, and that's just it. They, when we ask boys, hey, do the men in your life do what they say they're going to do? No. And so it, they got a bunch of men they don't know that come in and sit down and they're like, well, why should I trust you? Exactly. So it takes a while for sure. them to trust us. Okay. That's why we come in without any kind of real 
agenda or, or, or um, we're not trying to project our values onto them. We have a topic, but the boys check in on that topic, but they get the opportunity. If, if, we're, if we're talking about addiction and one of the boys gets into homelessness or whatever else, man, we'll go wherever that the, we want, the kids want it to go. You just talked about a topic that we can all understand or hear as adults, uh, whether it was the 2020 era or just our own journeys in our lives. You talk about drug addiction, you talk about incarceration, you talk about homelessness. Um, how many of these kids actually break down to tell you what's really hurting them or bothering them and they don't want to do it anymore? This, it's so many of these kids, one of the reasons why we started working with kids is that, you know, they don't have a say in what goes on. Right. So, And sometimes, know, sometimes they don't think they have a voice. Right. Yeah, I, I recognize that one in what I did last you week. You know, so we, we, work, we, we deal strictly with confidentiality in the group. What's dead here stays here. That's the only way the boys can get real. Sure. You know, obviously we're mandatory reporters, so if there's a safety issue, we always handle it. Yeah. But, you know, we've had boys talk about my dad's getting out of prison next week, and I'm scared he's going to come home and try to be my dad. And I don't want him anywhere around me. We've, we've get talked about boys that, you know, are living on, on aunts and uncles' couches or, you know, because they, they got thrown out of their apartment. So it, it's, you know, just getting out of bed and coming to school is half the battle. Mm -hmm. You know, smoking an, a math test, that's, that's a whole other thing. So our data we get from the school, um, the parents sign a permission slip when they enroll the boys. And so we get uh, behavioral data, attendance, and grades. The first semester we will see a, a improvement in the behavior. Usually the second semester we'll see an improvement in, in grades. We're not there as tutors, we're not there as counselors, we're not driving them in a certain direction, mm -hmm. but just by having a safe place to go and mm -hmm. being calm and getting more confident, mm -hmm. they show up differently. Yeah. And then we also do a, the boys get to report, we do a pre and post survey that measures social emotional factors. So. Um, in the last year, we had seven of 10 factors that we, that we measured improve from seven to 28%. And that's things like, I feel more connected with adults. I feel safer on campus. I have more confidence. Wow. I'm making better choices. And so it's, it's, you know, what we do, we do it because we're trying to make an impact. So we really do track the measurement. I like that. And our middle schools, uh, last year, we reduced on-campus and off-campus days of suspension by 45%. Oh, that's great. So just getting them calmed down. Uh -huh. Guess what? When they get calmed down, they got a better chance, and the teachers now aren't in a wrestling match with the kids in the class. Yeah. they got more time to teach. Well, you've got one teacher to all these students, and they're trying to figure out their own you know, home life outside of there, too. So that's a great thing for you to be there when life happens all around us, no matter what age we are. So you've talked about what the kids get out of it. What about the mothers? So just uh, one of the moms, we uh, she shared a story that uh, her son is, is the middle middle of three. Uh, we started with him in seventh grade. He's now a uh, sophomore in high school. And she shared a story, and I won't mention any names because, again, we no, deal from a place that. of confidentiality. But she shared a story that she came home from, she's working two jobs. She came home, walked in the door late at night, and the apartment was a mess. And the TV was on, the kids were sleeping on the couch, the other kids were in bed, and everything was a mess. And her original reaction was to get mad and scream and yell and get out of bed and clean the apartment. And she just caught herself because of the work that we've been doing where she says with boys to men. She caught herself and she said, man, my kids are under the same roof as me. Everybody's safe. I'm going to bed. I'll deal with this tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it really just kind of helped her take a breath 
-hmm. and, and rather than just being reactionary, just to kind of be focused more on, oh, okay, mm -hmm. we'll figure it out. Good. So it just kind of it just kind of that lowers the, the the temperature a little bit for everybody. I like that. It's, yeah, it's a it's it's amazing when we ask the moms and the boys, what do you get? Because the, the, some of the stories are, are pretty impactful. Well, before I ask my final question, <coughs> where can you be found? Should someone want to find you? That's not in the school system. So not we in are area. yeah, boys to men phoenix org or info at boys to men phoenix.org, um, we, we rely on, on the community support. We don't charge the schools. We're, we're a volunteer-based organization. Um, and so we really do need men that are willing, that have passion for kids, that are willing to give two to four, uh, excuse me, one to two hours a week. So four to eight hours a month to come in and, and, and sit in a school and, and be a mentor. Uh, we're looking for guys that are younger, guys that are more, that the boys can really connect with. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking for a lot more cultural diversity mm -hmm. uh, than what we have because the boys are very diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also looking for people that just want to help us with social media, uh, join a board. And so it really is is a community-based organization. Agreed. And again, we're, that, that we're the elders of the community. We're the caring adults of the community showing up for the next generation. Be, if not, you know, we're, we're going to be in trouble as a society. So it, it, it's, it's part <laughs> of, so we, we provide training for the mentors and they get a lot of, uh, of value. I think the return on investment is much more than what their, their, uh, their investment time is. You know, there's one thing that I have learned in my short years of life, <laughs> being my age. Um, <laughs> there's a little girl strapped in a big adult body is what it is. <laughs> um, what I've experienced with my own way of raising my son and my daughter, because my son will be 28 uh, at the end of December, um, and then what I had to deal with, there's each generation that is trying to fix something from a generation before. Could you say if I'm right or wrong on that? Yeah, it's, it's generational trauma. Uh -huh. You know, that's one of the things we talk about is we're trying to create generational healing. We're trying to help men, help boys understand how to be good men, how to be good dads, mm -hmm. because they didn't have that. Did the best they could. How, they can, how are you going to be different? How are you going to show up? when you have kids. Well, here's another equation. Young teen fathers, no skills, no understanding, and didn't have the mentorship to know how to be that role model to be able to do. That's why I said breaking different things, fixing things that were in other generations. So um, that's why I asked that is, I think that's what we're all doing, men or women. It's, there's something that's always going to be needed to be fixed and there's always a resource out there that's going to be there to help us. And the, 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 the thing we, d we really push with the boys is, is that your family situation does not predict your life, does not you're predict your right. future. You're absolutely You right. get to pick, yeah. you get to choose where you're going and who you're going to be. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Thank you for sharing all this information. I, I think we covered everything, unless there's something I didn't remember to ask or because I am the question person. Did no, I? I just, it just, we're just really looking for help from the community. So if you know, if, you know, and maybe not you, but somebody that you might know that is, just has passion for kids, uh, men and women. Uh, obviously, men do the, are doing the mentoring with the boys. We do have moms in the family circle. But we just need people that are willing to, to help and show up and, and support kids and families. And going to the website, they can find that information, inquire, Correct. find out more about the programs, where Boys, they're at. Boys to men, Phoenix org. Or even have one in their area because this is uh, a podcast that's seen and heard wherever. Right. There's 14 Boys to Men centers around the United States. Uh, Boys to men, USA org. 
uh, we'll, we'll help you find those locations. And I think we have that also at the, at the program throughout the time that we've been talking. Um, now I have my final question. I love asking this one because it's unrelated to anything that we've talked about. And if I was to only have this one question to ask anybody, and that's what I had to stick with, to know what kind of person they are, I could make my own assumption. <laughs> <laughs> what message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of life? Ah, uh, great question. <laughs> I told you. <ya. laughs> Because we asked the boys, what you know, what would the advice you give your younger self? And it's just, it really is just chill out. Oh. Things are not as bad as they seem, and just, it's all going to work out. You're a good person, mm -hmm. just keep going. Oh, I, I heard something the other day that says, just stick with it, you'll get there. Yep. That's the hard part. I think that P word, patience, gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, stick with it and chill out. It'll all work out. Thank you. Thank again. you. Yes, it was a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Thanks for uh, having a conversation with absolutely. me. Absolutely. I want to um, thank my sponsors, the Motivated Mind Group, your global creative agency here in downtown Chandler, and Where You Been, a laid-back coffee shop with hot and cold beverages and espresso bar, and f uh, amazing baked select goods for your taste buds. If you have a story you want to share, know someone who has a story, or you have a nonprofit organization in your community making a difference and you want me to spotlight them, please email me to the address of stories at christinehotchkiss.com. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care. <laughs>